1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Delicious Yellow Podcast with me, Matthew Mills, and my wife and business partner, Ella Mills.
2: So today, because it's January and it's that time of year that sometimes we can maybe do things that aren't the best things for us um, and get a bit intense about our New Year's resolutions, we wanted to, I guess, kind of do a little bit of myth busting, a little bit of clearing up. And general conversation around why yo-yo dieting, crash dieting, kind of really extreme things are not the way forward in January and hopefully give you ideas to support and help you instead. And just before we dive right into it and introduce our very special guest, I wanted to start with a couple of stats which actually slightly blew my mind. They were higher than I was expecting them to be when I was doing my research. So according to a YouGov poll in 2017, almost half, 48%, of those who made a New Year's resolution said that it was to lose weight. And then a further 31% um, of people said that it would be about improving their diet. And then these stats are even higher in women. But then the bit that's pretty nuts is according to a piece that I read in The Guardian, 95% of weight lost on a diet is gained back. And then two-thirds of dieters end up weighing more than they did before they started losing weight. So I feel like that's a good place to kind of ground in why extremes aren't the right thing. And to help us clear that all out, we've got the most brilliant nutritionist with us, Rihanna Lambert. Hello.
0: <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you for coming
1: on.
2: We're pretty excited about this episode.
0: <laughs> it is such an important topic, isn't it? Especially this time of year. Yeah, you just can't move but for
2: promises, you know, six-week abs and Mm. everyone's trying to make big changes. And I know we talked about this when we talked about the episode Mm. is, making healthy habits is a brilliant thing using Mm. this time of year to set kind of sustainable positive intentions to look after yourself to look after the planet to look after your family to improve your mental physical health is a brilliant thing and no one should feel that making positive changes is a bad thing Mm -hmm. but it's just how do we strike the difference between a positive change and an unsustainable extreme change and how do you kind of cut through the minefield of information Mm. that we can be feel a bit overloaded with at this time of year
0: I mean, that statistic, 95%, that is extremely, I mean, I'm not surprised because (laughs) something I deal with, obviously, in my clinic on a pretty much a daily basis, especially this time of year with people coming in, it's the regain of the weight again. It's because they're unsustainable. We're not looking at... um, uh, but how? crash
1: diets also make you miserable. Like they Of course aren't, they do. There can't be any fun just to starve no. yourself or cut out all the kind of food no. that you like to eat.
0: And that's the problem. Fad diets, they are not the answer. And there's a lot of science behind why they're not the answer as well. But I think the messaging out there is wrong. Obviously, we're going wrong somewhere in the country where these fad diets are the ones breaking through for people this time of year. They're the ones telling people, oh, you can lose a miracle amount of weight in a set amount of days. Whereas, realistically speaking, the slower... long-term weight loss, the better. And for some people, it might just be wanting to feel more happy and energised this time of year as well. And when it comes to taking things out, I want to think about what we put in. There's so much to take into account when people are on a restrictive diet. First of all, there's the malnourishment aspect. They'll be deprived in vitamins and minerals, more than likely if they're taking out a whole food group, especially. Is it
1: usually carbs that people take out? Is that the the go-to? Yeah, let's
0: delve into the carb thing because it's really interesting. So first of all, 90% of our serotonin is made in our gut so that's And just so
2: everyone knows yes. serotonin is what we need for happy our happiness hormone. right? Oh yeah.
0: yeah If you hear the word serotonin you want happy 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 in your head that yeah. is the happy hormone and the remainder amount is coming from our diet so we're looking at carbohydrate rich items of food that contribute to that production in the brain just as much as an amino acid from protein which are the building blocks of protein called tryptophan If you put those things together that's creating that happy hormone but of course if you're taking carbs out of the diet Diet, you're not going to be getting much of that. You'll feel weak. And also because carbs are the brain's preferred source of energy. So glucose, if you've heard of glucose, you can find it in your starchy veg. You can find it um, obviously in the complex carbs that we'll be talking about today because not all carbs are equal and it's not fair is
2: it they are vilified i would say yeah. and also i think one of the things that i come back to a lot is this confusion about what a carb is mm. as well is it's people like say oh i'm cutting out carbs and i'm like mm. are you not going to eat carrots then i know Do you know what i mean and it's actually you, yes i appreciate it. there's like there's a big spectrum here and maybe you feeling like you want to just kind of make a few healthier changes yeah. in january and you want to eat less pizza but you're not cutting out carbs because you're <laughs> no. going to you know that. That's
0: about the whole scale of which carbs oh. are right and, and it let includes me you everything you what, yeah and carbs do not equal weight gain let me just yeah. clear this up right now because to one molecule of carbs you attract around three or four of water so to a lot of people if they look on the scales which are not a good indicator of health the number on the scales is not what you want to go for that will result in a little bit of extra weight potentially because of the water retention you get with it to help the molecule even be processed inside the body so it's just water it's blood, water basically. a lot of the time but then you've got to look at our different lifestyles if you have been very inactive. There's there's three different things to take into account here. There's the environment that we live in, the lifestyle that we have, and of course a genetic component too, which is why one size will never fit all and we are completely unique when it comes to our nutrition and what we need every day. But types of carbs, there's a big difference between the refined variety and the complex variety that we encourage more. You want more of that fibre, which comes from the whole yeah. grains, that feeds the gut. That's what we now know, which is essential for weight maintenance if you're looking at that long term as well. But those white carbohydrates, the refined type, they have a place too. You know, for some people, they're a really good source of energy. It's the two cues: Quality, yeah. which type? that you guys need. Let's say if um, I know you're both into your running now. <laughs> so if we're talking about running and refueling, a white carbohydrate is very fast to be released into the body. Perfect for after a run. However, if like me, you're sat down a little bit more, <laughs> maybe you want a little bit more of the complex type of carbs. So the type of quality you want is the whole grains with the slow releasing So Instead of going for white pasta, you may get some more brown pasta that day. And then there's the quantity, the portion size. And of course, we're all unique with that aspect too.
2: And surely, again, it depends on what you're doing. Because if you're mm-hmm. sitting at a desk for 12 hours, mm-hmm. that's very different than if you're out and about all day walking
0: around. Maybe yeah. you work in you know, the yeah. fitness industry or exactly. something like that. Exactly. We are definitely in one of my favorite sayings, and I feel like I say it everywhere I go, But is you are as unique as your personalities because we all deserve that tailored approach. And this is where January diets go wrong. Because how... Physically, can it be possible that one diet takes in those aspects, the environment, the hormones even, your genes... How can it physically know what's right for you? And
1: how long from people you've seen or studies, how long do these typical diets last? And then how long does it take for the weight to then just come back on? So you've okay. just kind of wasted the time anyway.
0: Yeah. So I have some stats for you. So the British Dietic Association, they were looking into this. And this is really scary. Um, so they said around 60% of dietists say they're pretty much on a diet all year round. So just so you know, it's not just <laughs> even January. Okay, wow. Nice. This may be the hype. thats That tends to be what happens. And nearly a quarter, 21% of young people are now getting their dietary information for social media. So this is where the time difference kind of changes because something that used to appear in the media only, let's say, around a certain few months of the year, mm. predominantly, is now all year round. Yeah. It's in our faces constantly. And it's available 24-7 as well. Exactly. So you can get access to these things all the time. And then we're also looking at things like the weight gain afterwards. And they also said that a third of the people surveyed, this is in the British Dietetic Association, in their recent research, said that they ended up heavier than their original weight Only weeks after. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, I think it's the unsustainable aspect. If you are depriving yourself of anything, your mind kind of flips a switch, and all you can think about is the food that you're depriving yourself from. Yeah, it kind of gives
1: yeah. long-term health a bad name, doesn't it? Because it it's is. like, oh, I tried to be healthy for mm. a couple of weeks. I tried to lose loads of weight, hated it. And oh, then, then no, I'm, so I, I may as well be unhealthy. At least I was happy then.
0: So you've just it's nailed like, it. It's that black or white mindset, yeah. which I talk about a lot. And I actually have a, I have a TEDx talk on how to have a healthy relationship with food. And that is because this cycle of restriction, shame, guilt, binging, overeating, if you don't allow yourself enjoyed items occasionally, it will n- you can never keep that up for life.
1: Yeah, but they weren't being healthy and losing the weight, which, no. is, which is which is the myth. But the other no.
2: thing also, and I know, again, we were talked about this when we were talking yesterday, was just that there's this issue again as well, that if you set yourself, it's like anything, right? You say, mm. I'm going to do this, I'm mm. going to do that. And then you don't achieve it. You feel like you're failing. And again, you've set yourself such an impossible task that, of course, you're going to fail. Yeah. You know, any human yeah. would. And mm. the reality as well is that, and it'd be really interesting to hear what you think,
0: is then mm. the impact that has on your brain. Yes. So the neurology aspects, the psychology and nutrition work really closely together. And of course, as um, Matt's just said as well, with the all or nothing mindset, I've blown out, might as well go and do whatever. And like you just said, setting yourself up to fail. We're not approaching this from the right angle, first of all, but the effects on the chemistry inside are fascinating. So if you're looking, first of all, let's take, Carbs is an example, like we've said earlier, you're not producing that serotonin. That could also have a knock on effect on melatonin, which regulates your circadian rhythms and your sleep cycle. So, you need serotonin to play an active role in developing this. Then, your sleep is also affected as well. Not only is your mood going to be low, you're not sleeping as well. This then has another impact on the other pathways in the brain, which may compensate and you reach for things you don't want to reach for. And before you know it, this cycle is going absolutely haywire. And also, hormonally, if we're speaking about hormone production, that then has a knock on effect because if you look at your you should look at your body like a big uh, wheel i'm actually gesturing with my hands here like mm-hmm. the shape of a wheel really, i love it I, know, I don't know how else to describe it All the cogs need to be in place to make that smooth exterior to keep the ball kind of rolling, keep the wheel rolling. And if you take out that one element, then nothing's going to work. Even things as simple as dehydration. You've really got to look at your diet on such a complex level because neurology is massively affected by it as well. And I see a lot with people that engage in disordered eating behaviours because one element I work with a lot is people with unhealthy relationships with food. It wreaks havoc on, especially for females, the menstrual cycle. Yeah, if you're not providing enough of the healthy fats in the diet, because fat's another component that's often very quickly given up as well. Even so though it's a very confusing
2: topic, I think, Huge. fat. and. Yeah you know, there's obviously, you know, kind of quote unquote, good fats and bad fats Mm. and what's good fat and what's bad fat. And then I think, you know, people are nervous of nuts or an avocado or olive oil and things like
0: that. Yeah, I mean, we know that there are there's a we need fat, basically. (laughs) Um, And I think there's a very unrealistic ideal out there still that exists, even though we're embracing more of a health at various sizes. Now, we still have one painted ideal and men suffer with this too, just as much as females, the pressure to look a certain way. But as women, you're meant to have more body fat it's the way we're designed and if you're not eating enough of the right fats like you mentioned the monounsaturated fatty acids things like avocados the polyunsaturated ones rather than the saturated fats the saturated fat comes from things like animal produce and cheese those kind of things and we're only meant to have 11 of our overall diet according to the nhs should be made up of those components but when it comes to the good fats They make the building blocks of hormones. Hormones are kind of made from fats. So what you're doing by not eating and restricting is also having a knock-on effect on estrogen production for females, which if you don't have a lot of circulating estrogen, can put you at risk of bone bone loss as well, if you're talking about bone density or bone mass. And you've got to think long-term here. So quick fix diets, you may think, oh, eight weeks, 12 weeks, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. Or sometimes a week, you know, these extreme things that can have a knock-on effect on your bone mass. It's crazy, isn't it? Exactly. Mm. The fact that you think,
2: you know, I'm just doing this, but actually mm. the impact is having that you can't see and will see later on is huge. And the, so I wanted to ask you about two things. So mm. first of all, the thing that always strikes me about it is kind of actually the issue I always see when you change stuff really drastically like mm-hmm. that and you do something very, very strict is almost I feel that... Obviously, not everyone, but there's almost a part of our kind of culture that needs to relearn how to connect with food, how to eat, how to cook, how to take food as a celebratory, delicious, Mm -hmm. but also like nourishing, but Mm -hmm. still abundant way. And actually, instead of saying, right, I'm just going to eat half a I don't know, protein shake for lunch <laughs> oh, and that's it or whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. actually learning how to connect with food again, how to eat. And Literally. that to me, again, seems like something that you could then carry on for the rest of your life Exactly. rather than something that you just carry on for two minutes oh. because you can't stick to a plan for life. Like yeah. you can't have a regimented approach for the rest of your life. It's just not possible.
0: No, food should be a positive aspect of life. And that's something that's very, very quickly you know, lost in terms of how we currently see food. Food isn't even just fuel, it's for society, you know, you go out, you celebrate with food, yeah. just as much as you commiserate with food or culturally or religious reasons. It's, it's a huge factor. And we have to learn to develop this healthy relationship with it. We're not eating mindfully either. We're, we're eating with technology and distraction and screens. We're not acknowledging what is right in front of us. So it becomes such an easy thing to just slide slide so,
1: through? So if people are starting out in January and they're saying right I actually I've got a New Year's resolution I really do want to start some kind of new diet but to help them with something that then doesn't become a fad, but something Mm. that can become long-term, what would be your top three or four uh, recommendations for what they can do to actually create long-term sustainable something that they'll also enjoy?
0: I love this. So the first thing is, um, I'm actually going to mention stress because higher cortisol levels are associated with more body fat storage long-term, and that can impact the choices we make. So if you're very, very stressed, try and... Have a think about, first of all, the trigger of this and how you're going to cope with it. A lot of people turn to food to cope with stress. It's, it's you know, it's there and fair enough. It's quite a clever adaption if you think about it instead of turning to something else. Um, but we need to find another way of a bit of self-care instead. So tip number one, which isn't actually nutrition related, yeah. is to look at that yes. because that could be derailing you long term, how you deal with that stressful subject. The second would be try and build balanced plates if you're not sure what to eat. You don't need to restrict a whole food group. You want to be looking for colour, lots of colour and lots of fibre, which comes from veg and maybe a handful of carbohydrate on the side. A good bit of protein, which you can get from a variety of different sources now for any vegans or veggies listening, you know, lots of beans and pulses. And we, we can get everything these days, tofu, tempeh. Yeah. Hummus is everywhere. <laughs> All the hummus, I'm a hummus addict. <laughs> exactly. And that includes healthy fats too. So, a balanced plate is healthy fats, veg, protein, and carbs. That's tip number two build a balanced plate. The third one is the hydration aspect because it affects mood. People don't think that hydration affects how you feel. You will feel 10 times better if you are getting a lot of water. And it's weird because you don't notice the difference until you are hydrated. Mm-hmm. It could be such a simple, small switch. And then there's... see Matt reaching for his water. There you water. Go. Oh, so, yeah. yes, Matt. Matt's like,
2: hydrate, hydrate. You drink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. And I think trying to make sensible switches. So instead of turning to heavily processed items and packaged snacks on the go and things, if you can, or make sensible choices with them. So no, and try and be a bit prepared and get cooking, like Ella said. Just get in the kitchen once a week, make a batch of stuff and then freeze it. We're also busy and on the go. We don't have time anymore. So let's at least make good choices when we don't have time. And the other thing I want to say, kind of tapping into your point number one, mm. which we actually talked about a lot, not, not
2: completely in relation to this, but sort of in general relation to happiness on, on season one, was this idea that we live in in this world that's like, when I look like this, I mm. will be happy. When oh, I no. achieve this, I'll be happy. And as a result, like, it's our number one takeaway almost from season one, which is that yeah. we're not... Present in like being happy because I'm here today mm. and we're talking about this, and it's super interesting because mm. I'm thinking, oh, well, next week, if I do this, I'm going to be like a yeah. magical floating unicorn. <laughs> and um, well, well, you never know. We wish, or in we your hope. Case, maybe a
0: fizzy cherry. We? <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> your
2: favorite sweets. <laughs> but it's so what I find interesting about this as well mm. is almost like looking at why Why do you want to make the change and like, we're quite obsessed with, with the concept of why and like everything we do and about the fact that when you have purpose behind it it's so much more powerful so do you want to make changes in your diet because you're yeah. just feeling a bit heavy from Christmas that's so normal you shouldn't Please be ashamed of that that
0: because there's a lot of shaming for people out there at the moment that want to lose a little bit of weight and I think it's completely up to you you know in fact there is a there's a fine line between being optimally happy and healthy and also if you know that you're going going on an unhealthy path, making small changes will have a big result. It's okay to want to do that.
2: Exactly. So that's what I mean. So acknowledge that like, why do you want to do it? Is it that you're just feeling a little bit full from mm. Christmas as is very normal and your jeans are a bit tight and you just want to kind of... come off naturally anyway and January once exactly. you get back to normal. <laughs> and you just want to kind of energise <laughs> yeah. yourself. Is it that you're looking to make changes for your family across the year because you're motivated, for example, by the environmental things? Like, mm. why do you want to do it? Or is it because you're actually not feeling very happy in yourself right because now? Because
0: weight loss won't equal happiness. No. and that's something. Mm. Weight loss can equal health for some people, but it's not the answer, is it? No, that's the thing.
2: It's Mm. like you're not going to be a happier person because you weigh four less pounds. And so it's also looking at, yes, January might be a time to make some healthy habits with your plate. But it's not just focusing on your
0: plate; it's about, about your about whole that life number as well. The number on the scales, because I hear this all the time: that oh, if I just lose two pounds, I'll feel so much happier. Yeah. You fluctuate every single day. If we go back to kilos, you fluctuate two to three kilos a day in weight. A wow, number. Really? Yeah, yeah, a day. And especially for w- Matt, you're so lucky being a man. What can I say? <laughs> 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 but women, you know, we get water retention a lot more in times of the month where we can be. Some people could put up to eight pounds that time a month. You know, it's a lot of weight to. Yeah. Or Throw your away, scale away. Like, yeah, throw at the scales. And It's about how you feel, isn't it? Totally, 100%. And like Matt was saying, what people can actually do. So there is um, a big, big trial of studies. So there's the National Weight Control Registry. And they tracked over 10,000 people. So this is huge. And the things that help them be happy in terms of long-term weight loss, they found 78% of them ate breakfast every day. 75% of them stopped weighing themselves daily that made a huge difference on that subject. Amazing. 62% watch less than 10 hours of TV a week, and 90% exercise on average for one hour a day. And they're the successful people. For
1: an hour a day? Yeah. Wow. But
0: that includes like a walk and things, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. You You're going your for an hour long daily walk. And- There's okay. a big misconception with the exercise thing that you have to do like an hour class. You don't. You can do 10 minutes spread out throughout the day, or even 10 minutes could be more effective than an hour if it's... Depends on what you do. Well, like
2: a 20-minute sort of yoga stretch at home in a 40-minute okay. walk or something like that, which feels, when you break it down like that, feels very different. I 100%. hadn't quite realised
1: the effect. I started going to the gym again about five months ago and I used to exercise a lot and then I just completely stopped for a few years mm. and I forgot how much better I feel as a result 100%. of exercising. Like, literally transformational. Because people even look now, at it for
0: weight loss, don't they? Yeah, exactly. And that's wrong.
1: Exactly. And mm. even, even back to the first point you raised on stress as well, mm. I noticed that... The days that I don't go to the gym now, I just, even if I have a day that would be completely comparable to the day before and workload or anything else, that I still just feel much more stressed if I haven't gone and exercised. Well, Uh, it
0: can help you tap in, like, it depends on the type of exercise you're doing, but you release, I think they're called ectocannabinoids, so it's similar. People think it's endorphins, it's not, it's something else in the brain, but it does release those happy kind mm, of feelings, and that will relax you. And the more we can tap into, and I'm sure Ella can pipe in here, with parasympathetic nervous system, which you probably do a lot in yoga which calms you down because a lot of us like we're stressed you know from a to b we're in sympathetic nervous state all the time we're fight or flight mode even stuck in a traffic jam or we're late for somewhere and And then you go and pound
2: a hit class at the end of the day exactly and i think i mean i'm a yoga advocate but i have really realized like how and that's i guess what i meant when i said that earlier it's like it's looking at your why and it's actually looking at the picture as a whole because Mm. if you're not feeling the best in yourself right now and look january is not the easiest time of year to have to feel your best you know it's dark Mm. it's cold you know, it's It's after Christmas, like it's, it's not, you know, so again, just be honest about something. It's okay. If you're feeling a bit low in January, you're not alone in that. Oh, we all get it. No one is
0: superhuman.
2: Exactly. But it's looking at like your whole lifestyle and what you can include in it to help kind of nourish your whole self rather than not just your play. And I do think that is exactly like trying to do some yoga, some meditation, just like things that are kind of calming and nourishing and not to expect. But that that also helps.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, slightly left field on this one but what's okay. the effect on your liver if you drink yeah. quite a lot in december yeah you go cold turkey in january well a dry and then, january is a big yeah big exactly thing. Mm. and then and then you start and then Ooh, you start drinking again so... more in february what it does right. it have a good effect or is it
0: i encourage any abstinence from alcohol if possible because it will help you know I, i'm not actually going to tell people they have to abstain for it forever but if there is an incentive like dry january it's actually really useful but the mindset of that is similar to the diets that people tend to mm. go full pelt at christmas and new year's and then think oh, it's okay i'm just gonna drink myself into oblivion because i've got january <laughs> yeah, coming yeah. on so actually then it could trigger a yo-yo system so what we should have is the same usual line of yeah. moderation rather than um constantly you know pounding it and then and also we almost
2: it. make january so much harder for ourselves we as do. well that's what i always come back to yeah. is it's because it's that all or nothing mindset it's like mm-hmm. okay for 10 days in, at christmas i'm just gonna literally like eat and drink everything i can find and it's okay because i'm gonna be on an aggressive diet and completely we've sober been before january think
0: that way haven't we if mm. you think about growing up everything is tailored towards that aspect and that time of year it's in the fashion world it's in the Music world, it's in the media, it's in the foodie world. Every different industry will have a January thing. Yeah, like oh, it's New Year now. Now it's time to start again. New Year, new you. It's Mm. like you actually
2: weren't different. You're not different today (laughs) than you were ten days ago. Like it's actually really not quite true. I
0: mean, I came up. I was thinking of things that people could look out for, and in terms of things, I think health professionals would never say. Yeah, this is quite a good thing for people to be clued up on. So never take someone seriously if they're going to say it's time you go on a detox. That's yeah. the first thing that, that's alarm bells for me completely. Because your liver, as we've just discussed about the liver, it's an amazing thing. It would do that naturally for you anyway. And then it worked for me. It will work for you too. Hmm. I mean, like we've said. We're, we're all so different. different. Yeah, We all need completely different things. I mean, Matt, now you're hitting the gym a lot more. You know, probably need to change your diet a little bit if, <laughs> if you're going to go. <laughs> yeah. Keeping that one up. It, it always changes. I mean, our diets are evolving as we age. Because our brain's evolving, our body, our muscle mass, our bone density, everything changes as we age. And you're actually meant biologically to put on little bits of weight as we get older, which is another contradictory thing because we always feel we should be the same way our entire lives. It's not actually evolutionarily Supported. Yeah. We all have a set point, which we can discuss a That's bit. That's good later to know. Yeah, <laughs> I'll remind I,
1: but... <laughs> of that as so I get a bit porky and old age.
0: I like to call it winter plumage when it's in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of, <laughs> a bit of comfort factor, and then the other one would be: Are you eating enough superfoods? And to be honest with you, all foods are super. So. It, putting one miracle on one item of food and just because you're having blueberries every day doesn't it's not going to make a difference yeah. what you have having your overall diet we
2: hear that a lot yeah. it's like what's the one thing i should do and it's like there is not one thing no. like you and also the reason the thing i see a lot with that mm. as well as people is that you read about like, i mean kale was the thing a couple of yeah it was and then yeah, obviously yeah. like beyonce wore her kale jumper and then we were all about <laughs> kale. <laughs> And you couldn't move, but for kale chips and all the rest of it. Now, I hold my hands up. I like Mm. kale very much, actually. Um, I do like to massage my kale with tahini. Oh, I love a massage kale. I know, very good. (laughs) But it's also okay if you hate kale. Yeah, totally. you know, um, yeah. doesn't and make you unhealthy. Like guacamole, also a vegetable, which I always okay. say, like, yep. you know, cinnamon roasted chilli sweet mm. potatoes, also yeah. a vegetable. And yeah. so it's also that sense, as you say, that we get really fixated with we need this one mm-hmm. thing, we've got to have this one thing because <laughs>
0: it's so good. And they think it's, uh, that healthy doesn't taste good. So whenever I give lectures, so I go to a lot of universities at the moment, I was in Bath the other day, and I have this kind of diagram on one of my lecture slides, and there's a picture of leaves and a picture of a burger and chips. <laughs> and I always ask them, like, which one do you think is healthier? And of course, they go straight for the leaves, whereas actually nutritionally speaking, that particular burger was way more nutritious than just a pile of leaves with nothing in it, but maybe two olives and a few slices of tomato. And you're going to feel so
2: sad after you just eat a plate of limp lettuce. And also, you know, if people are doing Veganuary or they're kind of joining us on doing a plant-based January as well, then it's also, I think this is exactly the right moment, again, to come back to that concept that, you know, awesome to increase your plant intake but please 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 do not think
0: that we're trying to make you eat rabbit food like that no. is not what it is and i think we should discuss plant-based eating because we know now that we do need to be reducing our animal consumption and our dairy consumption for the environment doesn't mean you have to give it up if you're listening but just increase the amount of plants you're eating that's what we mean by plant-based is get more veg in because people don't see veg as being tasty exactly or cool. and like you said a plate of leaves they see plant-based as a plate of leaves yeah Actually, if you go to Ellen's Deli, you know, I'm trying to cook <laughs> more stuff, it's the most delicious, tasty food in the world. Toasty, and
2: it's all about yeah. loads of flavour, loads of texture, uh-huh. and never feel like you have to have something you don't like. I hate crudités and stuff like that. Like that I my hate worst celery. Thing. Can I just say, I hate it. I
1: can't do started it. having this celery juice know. every day. I, know. This I is know. i new- sure.
2: controversial
0: right there. Yeah. <laughs> You're not claiming it does anything magical. It's just something no. you enjoy. Yeah, I just, I think it's
2: actually, it's, you know, this is a really good moment for it, actually. Yes. Because okay. I think, it's really an interesting example of the something works for me so work with you concept but Mm. also the confusion that something can cause so for me i will hold my hands up and say i saw it online i've got i've got quite a few friends who've done it and they've said i actually feel really good doing it great so i was like okay well why not try it now the difference is if you want to try something that's okay again mm-hmm. we've got to be allowed to try different things but please again do it in a sensible way as you I said know. quite rightly about it the other day yeah. it is not a replacement for breakfast no. if you want to wake up and drink <laughs> you know some green juice and get hydrated first Enjoy thing in it. the morning yeah, that's totally. cool it's not a bad thing and you're thing. feeling good on it that's awesome because mm-hmm. there's nothing negative about it but what oh. is negative is when you feel like these special things need to come in and replace everything exactly. else and you become fixated with them i know and that's the really challenging but balance that we need to strike mm. i mean you
1: You've noticed big yeah i feel uh, really, really
2: good doing good. it yeah i feel you really good it. doing
0: it but i think what I you're not me- promising everybody out there that they'll feel great doing it that's the difference you're doing it because you've enjoyed it you're not out there telling the world yeah go do it because
1: it worked for me it all exactly. definitely exactly
2: but there's exactly so that's the thing that i always find challenging in terms of, of the balance to strike you know some people think adapt you know adaptogens for example yeah, like do, medicinal yeah. mushrooms make them feel amazing and i yeah. definitely met lots of people do it yeah but then other people are like oh my gosh it's so much so again if you mm. want to try try it. But again, using these things in sensible ways rather yeah. than getting rid of everything that's come before oh, know. to replace it with something that feels a bit I think it's extreme. almost like
0: we're trying to shrink our diets. It's a very funny thing. We're always thinking about let's eat less, let's eat less. But if you get you keep the diet and add these extras in. Exactly. You're bulking up the fibre content, which we know helps if you're, if you're thinking about weight loss because it's January, that will help you. You yeah. need more fibre in your diet. It'll help you poo more, let's yeah. just be honest yeah. let's about let's what just it just get does. it out there. Yeah. <laughs> It'll help that morning poo, and we all
2: know the poos are good for
0: us. And, and you'll be more hydrated, because if you are going to drink something like that, it's 95% water. Exactly. So at least you're getting water in your system. And that feels good. Yeah. So I think, yeah, the whole danger is out there. It's when it's not an evidence-based method and people are perhaps saying, so a lot of January cleansers I see in my clinic that come in either intermittent fasting people are just can you just tell us a little bit about skipping meals and intermittent fasting um i think it's been jumped on a lot recently without enough evidence behind it like most things that get caught up in the media um at the moment, we know that energy in, energy out. If you do eat less and you skip a meal, it might help with weight loss. And for those of you out there listening that don't get hungry in the morning, that might be a good lifestyle choice for you. But only if you eat really well at lunch and really well at dinner and some healthy snacks. Because otherwise you may not be getting all the nutrition you need over a day. Yeah, it's so just saying because actually malnourishing yourself yeah. is a
2: really negative thing for it the is. long term. It's not
0: a good mindset. And for a lot of people out there, any meal skipping could trigger binges later on an unhealthy relationship with food the studies are only done on rodents we don't i mean they did the first human trials i think this year just gone to 2018 and we're waiting for results with that because there's a lot of claims out there that it helps with cellular um, repair and growth and some pretty big claims that are coming out particularly from surrey university i think is where they're starting to investigate all of this but ethically for me as a registered health professional I will not be advocating this as an option for the majority of people out there because we know that breakfast eaters maintain a healthy weight for a long time. With the research is there, they then don't get hungry till lunch. It can be a really good energising start to the day.
2: But it stops you also fixating with food. Now, as we said exactly. earlier, like we've what yeah. we also most people desperately need to do is almost fix their relationship with food, create that positive thing. So if you don't eat breakfast, you're constantly probably looking at your watch like, yeah. oh, I'm
0: when hungry. Can I eat? Now, if you wake up one day and you're not hungry, fine. that's totally some different story. Some people can do that. Like I know some people that just don't have an appetite, some clients, it suits them to eat at 11 or 12 and they're yeah. fine. But for the majority of people I see, so I think this is, I think everyone has a relationship with food. Every single person has one. It's developed in childhood. It's what your mum did, what you did every weekend as a family. How you see it is unique to you. And... That creates problems, and for the bulk of the population, as we said earlier, we've lost touch on how to eat for what works for us. So skipping meals will just exacerbate that problem, in my opinion.
2: And can I ask one more question, which yeah. I feel like taps into that as well? Is because I think it could be really helpful. Is that sense of the importance of balancing your blood sugar for your mood?
0: Yes. Okay. So the blood sugar roller coaster is something that I find a lot of people, especially if you're busy, especially mums, um, people working in banks or in the city, or you're a teacher or something. If you are skipping meals, your blood sugar tends to get a little bit low and you end up craving or reaching for fast, high-energy items. Often those will be... The croissants, the carbs, the sugary things, because even caffeine, because you want a hit. You want something that's going to lift you up. The problem with that is you then create a spike in blood sugar levels, which will then crash again pretty quickly. So I call it a roller coaster because for a lot of people out there, if they're skipping meals and they've not eaten, they're not eating balanced fiber-rich meals. They're not having your balanced meals. plate. Yeah, they're not having their balanced plate. Mm-hmm. The balanced plate will keep your blood sugar levels pretty steady. And also we know that when blood sugar levels are up and down, up and down, it does mess around with our body fat storage as well so it's not helping with that as well as functioning optimally and we all have a set point so if we go back to that yo-yo dieting aspect that people do with skipping meals and suddenly eating once you lose a lot of weight your body will never want you to do it again you That's are so not yeah, you, it's not if you think about it common sense I mean, we're adapted to survive. Your body will just want to cling on to more and more so you never, ever go through famine again. Mm. It's kind of what happens. And then your set point goes up. So a weight range that is comfortable for you. And a lot of yo-yo dieters find that over the years, because they've dieted so much, their set points actually increased and they've become a little bit heavier than perhaps they would have been if they'd never dieted at all. And fat cells are very clever. So once you deplete them, the minute you start to eat again after starvation, they fill up very, very fast and they can actually divide into two and create more fat cells. It's like the mother cell splitting into two. And in periods of immense famine, this is something I see on the other end of the spectrum, especially my eating disorder clients, is periods of starvation to protect the brain can release serotonin as well and protect them from feeling the pain of starvation. So people think they're getting this amazing endorphin high when they fast actually, sometimes it can be your brain protecting you from feeling the fast. Because it's actually damaging your body. Yeah.
1: Interesting.
0: It's so, so interesting. Isn't it interesting. fascinating? That's
1: fascinating. But then
0: the counter-argument is we are meant to go through periods. Some people believe we're meant to go through periods of famine, then we're meant to eat. And, you know, that there's, there's cultural reasons why people may fast, which is fine, you know, like Ramadan that's and That's completely like that. different, yeah, yeah, though, because yeah.
2: that's not it's about not a diet, your, it's a
0: lifestyle, your personal yeah. relationship
2: with food. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I thought an interesting point to finish on was, it may sound obvious, so just bear with me one second if you're (laughs) listening to this, but this idea that we are all built, as you said at the beginning, so fundamentally differently, inside obviously that's very much affected by our different lifestyles but there's also the point that like our genetic makeup so different so as we said the other day like something's promising you abs in six weeks but for most people you do not have the body composition to ever show your abs so it yes. will never happen
0: yes we spoke you know this is something that i find is everywhere and i'm always wrong i get telephone calls by journalists saying how, how do people get abs i'm like i'm sorry but some people always store body fat in that area and unless they are unhealthily underweight it's like cover stars on magazines they're getting to really lean shape that is not sustainable and a lot of the time they become so gaunt and malnourished and especially for women their periods stop to even look like that for one day one day and then they'll go back to eating normally so it's just what you're the shape you're built with we have to try and embrace different shapes and not everyone's going to have a six-pack it's under a okay. layer of fat and
2: that's okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and so it's yeah. trying to do what
0: someone else does to look like them mm-hmm. is a a bad way you can't fat spot reduce fat that's that's the biggest thing i get it a lot oh can you help me lose weight in my legs i'm like well if that's where you're predisposed to storing your weight or if it's around your middle probably be the last bit to go if anything it may not ever be the shape that you've got in your head that it will be but on a positive note we should be embracing these amazing different shapes and sizes out there because we're all pretty cool. And I just, I'm bored of seeing one image. And then
2: (laughs) then going back to the idea that then looking at the rest of your life and looking like, why do I need thinner thighs? Like, why am I not happy in myself as I am today? Now, if you're just feeling a bit like you know, too bloated and sluggish and you need some energy. That's a different story. Yeah. But, you know, because I mean,
0: I do indulge at Christmas. So Who does Put that out there. Right. Exactly. And then, you know, you, you kind edit, of... Yeah. There's nothing wrong with
2: then saying I want exactly. to balance that out. But if... So that's a kind of different story. But if you're feeling, I'm not happy, yeah. you know, full stop, really, because... All year round as Exactly. Well. And it's like, let's actually look at why that's the case uh-huh. and then start to look at is you know your relationships your mm. work you know the way you look after your body maybe exercise or not exercise or the type of exercise you're doing maybe yeah. you
0: need a bit of calm in your life because a lot of the people i see in my clinic i actually work alongside a team so especially a lot of the time a psychologist or a psychiatrist because i think we all to some degree need to address that psychological component of how we feel about ourselves yeah something's happened along the way to knock that inner confidence and it's about bringing out that inner childness or that that person an acceptance of who we are and how amazing it can be you know that we can get from A to B or we can we can think and we can write and exactly. we can do things. And feel grateful to yeah, be our own skin. Yeah totally 100%. Amazing, so,
1: Rhiannon, thank you yes. so much for coming on today. Aww. It's been really, really fascinating. And I think, um, I hope it'll be really, really useful to our listeners. One thing that we do uh, with all of our guests that come on um, is you just ask them what a daily practice, routine, um, Mantra saying, saying. Um, mm. that saying that they live by. What is okay. it for you?
0: Um, every single day without fail, I wake up and um, I fix my breakfast. And I sit there and I always think about something that actually my granddad would have told my dad and he told me is that try and treat others how you would like to be treated every day and you can't judge a book by its cover. So I I know it sounds Mm. (laughs) unnutritionally to say something like this, but I find it helps me in every aspect of my life because you don't know what someone's going through. So you can't make quick judgments. You can't judge a book by its cover. And I think kindness and compassion with everything and even your own body, because I want to treat my body in the best way I possibly can and actually nourishing it and eating a variety of foods for me is how I would want other people to be treated too and I'm waffling a bit, but basically, that that's how I feel because you just don't know what someone's going through. Totally, and there's also a lot of interesting
2: research showing that when you do kind acts for other people, Mm. it boosts your self confidence and your happiness as well. So it becomes this really brilliant cycle where you're making someone happy, in making them happy, it makes you happy. They're probably feeling better, so they'll pay it forward, and it kind of if we could all bring that slight sense of kindness, compassion to who we meet,
0: and we're designed to be interacting with one another. And I find, obviously, working. On a one to one basis with clients and things that you, everybody goes through a hard time and we need to be compassionate 100%. Amazing. Well, Amazing.
1: Thank you so, so and much. if people
0: want to find out a bit more about you, oh, yeah. where will they find you? So the social media handles yeah. are called at Retrition. So I kind of were merged the word nutrition in my name, Rhiannon. So yeah. Retrition. <laughs> I also have a podcast which Ella's been yeah. on, which is called Food for Thought. And a book called Renourish, A Simple Way to Eat Well. And that's on Amazon and bookstores. And yeah, anyone can say hi at any time on
2: social media. (laughs) Amazing. Perfect. Thank you so, so, so much. much. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do rate it, review it and subscribe to the podcast. And we can't wait to see you back next Tuesday.
1: Thanks, everyone.